Hi, this is Mish Hancock, and you are listening to Mishmash, a place where I get to talk to the weird, wacky, wonderful people of this world, people I adore and want to know more about. Today, my guests are Scott Kennebec and Dr. A. Dennis Sparger. Scott is the executive director of St. Louis Cathedral Concerts, and Dennis is the music director of the Bach Society of St. Louis. And Dennis, can you please tell us what we've been listening to? Well, this is a performance that took place about 10 years ago at the Cathedral Basilica, and we've been listening to the Bach Society of St. Louis Chorus and Orchestra in a performance of Maurice Duraflay's Requiem. It's one of the most beautiful works ever composed for chorus and orchestra. It's a piece filled with hope and consolation and serenity, and yet has moments of such grandeur and majesty. It's just thrilling to hear the the magnificent sound of this music. And so fun to start out my podcast with some new music and a whole new feel. Well, not so many people know this work or the composer. Uh, Maurice Duraflay is is a composer who is so self-critical about his own composing. He only published 14 works, but every piece that came out uh, of his publisher is just a masterpiece. Wow, interesting. 14, that's it. (laughs) Well, yeah, so he definitely was like, uh, I wonder how many pieces are out there that he didn't do. Oh, just I'm sure hundreds uh, that probably ran through see. his mind. Yes. It's probably like a there's an archive somewhere that's going to be discovered. Right. This this piece began uh, as an organ work, uh, and uh, Duraflay was interested in writing a piece that utilized a lot of Gregorian chant in the midst of an organ piece. And then his publisher asked him to write a choral work, a requiem. So he borrowed from that piece and uh, interspersed you know a lot of the chants throughout this work, uh, a reason for why it will work. So so effectively uh, within the resonant space of the Cathedral Basilica of St. Louis. I love it. And speaking yeah. of, we have Scott Kennebec here. Here he is. Yes. <laughs> Hello. Thank you. Hi, Scott. <laughs> Hi. T- t- tell us about your whole part in this. Well, this this beautiful music that we've just heard and Dennis has so eloquently expressed uh, is going to be performed at the Cathedral, part of Cathedral Concerts 18-19 uh, season in the Cathedral Basilica on Sunday, March 3rd at 7.30 p.m. And we're so excited to be collaborating with the Box Society on this on this concert. Oh my gosh! So I, I, you know, I do a little research about everybody before they they show up, and I gotta say, I mean, the concerts that you have at the cathedral look mm-hmm. amazing. They are, and everyone should come and experience <laughs> oh, no them. No kidding! <laughs> I feel terrible. I was like, why do I? You know, the, well, I'm yeah, like, thank yeah. you that we I are, get to know about this well, now. I'm glad you do know about it now, and your listeners will too. And we've been around for 26 years, so in a way, we're one of the best kept secrets in St. Louis. Oh, we don't listen. <laughs> Unfortunately, it doesn't need to be a secret though anymore. Right. And so, right. so, um, all right. So, how did this? I mean, how long have you been doing this? How did this all begin? Where are you going? Uh, we started in 1992-93. Uh, the rector of the cathedral at the time, Monsignor James Teldhorst, had just hired a new music director, Dr. John Ramirez, and uh, he just expressed some interest in forming a concert series. And Monsignor Teldhorst was just hoping John would use the choirs to perform a <clears> concert <throat> every every few months in the cathedral, and uh, John took it to a whole nother level with this whole series. <laughs> Good John! So yeah, yeah, we started with just three concerts that year. Uh, two of them were local, the 
St. Ambrose Chamber Ensemble. I don't know if you remember those, uh, John St. Ambrose mm-hmm. from a, from a, a while back. And uh, we had the American Boy Choir from from New Jersey come and sing. And uh, Susan Slaughter from the St. Louis Symphony uh, did a, a brass concert for us. Oh, so cool. that was the humble beginnings, just three concerts. And uh, we're up to doing over 20 different events, uh, either at the cathedral or at other locations around the St. Louis area. But um, <clears throat> we bring in groups like the Vienna Boys Choir, uh, like the Talis Scholars, which will be here later in March. Um, it's just an amazing, amazing thing. And having that type of music in that space is really something that that's space. unique. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, and Box Society is part, you're part of the program. We are this time. Uh, three years ago, we also had a collaboration and presented a Requiem Mass by Gabriel Faure, who preceded uh, Durafle chronologically. And uh, we were just chatting last year, thinking about doing it again, and we decided, wow, this would be a wonderful time to bring the Durafle back to the St. Louis audience. Oh, my gosh. So what is it like to just live in this musical world all the time, you two? I mean, come on. This is awesome. <clears throat> it, it has its moments. It really does. <laughs> uh, it's really wonderful. Uh, at least for a conductor, there's a lot of time doing study and research, things that I enjoy doing, uh, a lot of planning, uh, short-term planning, long-range planning, planning the next rehearsal, uh, hiring soloists, uh, engaging orchestras. Um, and then it comes to like a rehearsal every Monday night with the Bach Society Chorus. It's like dying and going to heaven. These uh-huh. people sing so beautifully, and they're so attentive to detail. It's just a wonderful experience. Everyone goes home kind of wired up and just fulfilled with, you know, the majesty of all this great music that we do. What a Um, great way to start your Monday. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'm a singer as well as being the organizer of these concerts, so I can attest to everything that Dennis has said. Having the music be part of your everyday existence is, is really, really a wonderful thing. Yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, I just just listening to that intro, you know, mm-hmm. getting get to fill up your life with that all the time. Now, who's coming up? There's somebody that's the, that played for the Queen, right? Well, earlier this season, we had a group called the Queen Six ah, that came and performed, okay. and they're members of the St. George's Chapel Choir okay. at Windsor Castle. So they sang for Meghan Markle and Prince Henry's uh, uh, Harry's uh, uh, wedding back in back in the spring oh, of last how year. Fun! And uh, they came and sang for us. But we've had we've had the Academy of St. Martin in the Fields come and play. Uh, like I said, the Vienna Boys Choir, Chanticleer, wonderful male vocal ensemble that comes every year. Uh, the rest of this year, we've got the Talis Scholars, as I mentioned. They're coming to do a, a wonderful program of music from the Sistine Chapel, which is just oh. going to be phenomenal in that space. Uh, following them, we've got the Choir of New College Oxford coming uh, in, in April. And then we finish out the season with a group from Chicago called Scola Antiqua. And they're going to be doing a performance of music that were was performed in the convents of medieval and renaissance times in Italy, wow. which is just going to be amazing. It's music that probably no one has ever heard before, but needs to hear, right. needs to hear especially in that space. Oh, I love it. And how about Back yeah. Society? What are you guys doing? Oh, uh, we're uh, staying busy all the time. <laughs> uh, after after we finish the Durafle Requiem, uh, we gear up for our annual Bach Festival. And we'll have like nine or ten events going on uh, throughout the city. Uh, we take Bach's music and the music of other composers into different venues. We have many educational programs as part of this. Uh, we'll include a, a recital with our young artists. Uh, we have a Bach in Motion 
program uh, where uh, with the orchestra, we'll, with our orchestra, we'll uh, do some of the Bach orchestral suites, and they will be danced to by the Big Muddy uh, Dance Company. Oh, cool. Oh, yes. We're, we're doing Bach. <laughs> That's, that, that should be very cool. Uh, we're doing Bach on the big screen. A few of uh, members of our orchestra will play some music by Bach, and then we will watch a movie that includes some of that music, and then talk about Bach and movies uh, or how box music is used in the movies after the film. Um, we, we're going to be offering a classical cabaret using members from the chorus who also do like Broadway and show tunes uh, at the bistro. And uh, the audience will come, have a wonderful dinner, and then be entertained. And that program is all being put together uh, by our assistant conductor, Stephen Eros. Oh, my so gosh. So we're looking forward to that. There is uh, fun things going on. We have Bach and Baroque on. educational programs, uh, including one for the public at Bonham Presbyterian Church uh, on the way to Chesterfield. And one of our wonderful guest sopranos is coming in, along with our guest lecturer, to be a part of, of that program. And then we conclude the season uh, with Bach's Mass in B minor. This is the work that began the Bach Society in 1941. Wow. All right, St. Louis. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. There's a lot to do. Get out those calendars, folks. We're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. Okay, and we are back. And Scott, during the break, you were mentioning, I mean, you're bringing people in from around the world. Yes, seriously, around the world, yeah. Uh, in our 26 years, uh, we've brought in over 117, 118 different artists uh, from around the world. Over 50 of those have never performed in St. Louis before. So uh, groups, uh, most most of them are from England, uh, European tradition, but we also had the St. Joseph Gospel Choir from Dakar, Senegal, come a couple years ago and perform a gospel concert for us. Uh, we had the St. Petersburg Philharmonic come and play for us. The Moscow State Radio Symphony Orchestra has come and played. Uh, the Academy of St. Martin in the Fields. The list just goes on and on and on. And, uh, you know, that's really our mission is to bring these performers, the best performers of sacred and classical music from around the world right here to St. Louis so that everyone can experience them without having to travel thousands and thousands right. of miles. Yeah. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh, that is awesome. And when they get here, are they surprised by St. Louis? They're like, gosh, this is actually a cool city. They are. And one of my <laughs> one of my favorite things to see with the artists that we bring in, or really anyone that just comes into the cathedral is to see their face the first time they see it. Mm-hmm. It is complete <laughs> wonder and amazement that we have this incredible right? cathedral in our city. I mean, it's it's just, just it's an amazing It's truly amazing, thing. yes. Yeah. It is. Now, do I remember uh, Trevor Pinnock and the English consort yes, they, that came? Yes, they have played, and yes. And Music from Muzik. Toronto? Yes, yes yeah. yeah. People from all over. I mean, I, I should have brought our list. We've got, like I said, a hundred and different. Well, you'll have to come artists. to our next yeah. concert, and in the program, you'll see that long yeah. list. Well, yeah. and so, and the, but that's the thing. I mean, you know, this podcast can go on for quite a long uh-huh. time. And so what we want, we want to make sure that people know that whatever we're talking about right now that's happening this year, there's going to be 
more next year. Oh, for oh, both yeah. of year our organizations, after. Like, yes. This, yeah. is, this is to give you a taste of the yeah. kinds yeah. Of, of music you can experience. And I should say that list of artists is on our website, cathedralconcerts.org. There it's easier go. to remember. Yes, yeah. um, you can go there and find out uh, about our history and everything we've done and everything that's coming up. So, yeah, next it's year is going to be great. So got to stay tuned. It's fun to meet these people from around the world. And I mean, I, I know that I, I go every year something called TED Fest for TEDx mm-hmm. Gateway Arch. Mm-hmm. And it's a bunch, it's organizers from around the world that do TEDx events. And it is so fun to meet these people from everywhere. Well, just seeing how they perform, how they handle the space, that's an education in itself, you know, Uh, for educational programs. What better thing can you have than experiencing them performing, seeing how they perform, seeing how they interpret music, you know, that that helps local choirs and their interpretation. So for a for local choirs to come and see these professional at this level perform this music is just an education in and of itself. Love and the it. audiences may not always get this, but behind the scenes, these performers are wonderful, engaging people. They're happy oh, yeah. to be there. They're uh, just so pleasant to talk with. Yeah. Um, Many of the artists that we bring in will do kids' pro- performances. Oh, Either okay. we'll bring kids to the cathedral to, to hear them perform before the evening concert, or uh, we'll take them out to, to schools. We just had a group here beginning of February called the American Spiritual Ensemble. And uh, their mission is to keep the the Negro spiritual alive. Oh, so awesome. <clears throat> it was part of our new Joyous Jubilee series that we just started this year and hope to keep going for next year. So uh, they came in. They're these opera singers from, from New York City that they gather to do these spirituals. And we took them up to Jennings High School. Uh, and they did a performance for them singing uh, Moses Hogan's setting of Bar- Battle of Jericho. I mean, it was just amazing to see these kids so excited about this music. And they had a, a film that they showed the kids too that that gave the history and the purpose of the of the American spiritual and oh, how awesome. how that influenced the the uh, the uh, the society of, of of when they were when the songs came about. I love it, and so th- there's this there's this thing in my head. I got to ask you, Dennis, because <laughs> one of the things you said was that you're mostly doing research. As a conductor, I got to tell you, I didn't know conductors were doing research. Oh, sometimes we have to dig around to find the pieces we're doing and um, uh, to look for new materials uh, to perform. Uh, it, it, you know, it appears that we do a lot of music by dead guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes it, it takes a while to, to find where their music is buried. Well, yeah. Uh, and, and, of course, for living composers, you have to look for publishers that have this music available and to find it. Uh, so we're doing always a lot of digging around and planning. How interesting. And even yeah. even studying what the composer was trying to get across with their piece mm-hmm. and their yeah. music, you know, okay. uh, how, the, how the music they wrote accompanies the, the text that they've used, that they've set to music. So there's really a lot of, of delving and, and experimenting that goes on in rehearsals, too. You know, do we want to do it this way or do we want to do it this way? That's all the conductor's job. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. We have a wonderful lecturer that's coming in for a Bach festival. His name is David Gordon. And for about 25 years, he was the educational director of the Carmel Bach Festival in, in California. Uh, he wrote a little book that uh, talks about Bach's life in Leipzig and everything that was going on at that time, uh, how Bach must have lived, the kind of food that he, ate, that he ate, and there are even recipes in the little book. Oh, how fun! <laughs> to, to use, well, yes. And, yeah, these um, pieces don't just come out of a vacuum. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, yeah. They're, yeah. they're influenced right. by, the, by the living experience of the composer yeah. and, and what they're going through. At you the think time. about now, I mean, like now at this 
day and age, like mm-hmm. we're now, you know, like like there's been a lot of movies and documentaries and such about how did rap get started, you mm-hmm. know, and that's that's a little bit closer to home mm-hmm. because you know it, it it happened more recently, but mm-hmm. there is a reason why that sort of music shows up. Sure, there's exactly. a lot of there, it, it isn't just you know I mean there, it has to do with maybe what's going on politically and socially and what have yeah. you. Well, mm. and Bach faced that. I mean, he was he was writing music for every Sunday. I don't think he was necessarily thinking, oh, this will be this will be great in 300 years. No. But he was like, I got to get this done for Sunday yes. for this service that's coming right. up in the next week, in the next week, in the next yes. week. So he was he was under a strict time time constraint. Okay, so I did not know that. Yeah. So so that that Bach was like pumping out symphonies every well, week. Well, cantatas, I mean, yeah, my cantatas. Word. And- yeah, so at that time you didn't go to the local music store and just buy what you needed. You you had to write it yourself. And if right. it was the same thing, like oh. He, oh, he already did that and one. A lot of those things were job <laughs> interviews for his next job. You yes, know, here's yeah. what I wrote for this place, and here's what I wrote for this place. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, yeah we're, we're quite fortunate that we have, you know, 500 years, 700 years of music available to us, mm-hmm. and the very best of music that's ever been composed, and we can select from, from this large corpus mm-hmm. of what we would like to perform. And we have we know Bach's music thanks to Mendelssohn. He's the one that mm-hmm. that discovered it and brought it back. I mean, no one up until Mendelssohn's time had, had vague ideas of Bach, but um, his music was not widely performed. Mm-hmm. So, is there new discoveries of old music happening much more than than the general public may know? Well, there's some of it going on. Uh, so much of it has been unearthed by now. Uh, several years ago. Uh, a new aria was found uh, written by Bach, and we were able to have it performed during one of our Christmas concerts. Okay. Uh, a few years before that, um, a new setting of the Gloria was discovered, written by Handel, and we did the St. Louis premiere of that uh, with a you know, wonderful young soprano who sang with us. Uh, and we performed it, I think, three times since then. Uh, about uh, around 1991, when we were celebrating a big anniversary year for Mozart, uh, someone in Belgium discovered a mass that uh, just looked suspiciously like the handwriting of Berlioz. And at that time, we had at Washington University the leading Berlioz scholar in the world. <laughs> and, and he was flown over to Europe to examine this, and he determined, yes, this is the piece that Berlioz composed and then told everyone he destroyed— because, well, the reason was is that he used so much of the material from that in his later works. Oh, gotcha. And, okay. But one copy survived. He had passed one score onto one of his violinists who uh, kept it for a long time. He somehow got buried. It wound up in an organ bench. Oh, my and gosh. we were able to do the Treasure. first uh, St. Louis okay. performance of, of that uh, solemn mass by so Hector Berlioz. that's Barrios. fascinating yeah. to me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The musicology and the music history mm-hmm. is very is a, is, a, is a wonderful field. Washington University's got a wonderful musicology department. I love it. Mm-hmm. And that's where Dr. Hugh McDonald was. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm very lucky to have two uh, musicology PhDs singing in our chorus. So they can, you know, advise me on things, and they they know things I've never dreamed of. (laughs) Fantastic. Well, we're going to take another quick break. We'll be right back with question time. (laughs) 
It's almost a shame that I have to talk over this. I, I feel like we should just all meditate. Oh, it is, yes. <laughs> well, people can come and experience it live Absolutely. Sunday, March yeah. 3rd yes, at 7.30 p.m. Exactly. Yeah. at the Cathedral Basilica. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, what, I love what, it. What would happen if you took an hour and a half or so and just immersed yourself into incredible beauty for the eye and the ear and just let it all soaked in. How would that transform your life? I think that sounds like a very good thing to do. And that's your invitation to join us on <laughs> all right. March 3rd. Thank you. Yes. All right. So I, it is question time. I have some questions for you guys. Sure. So this is for both of you, and then I've got individual. But um, is there a concert that either of you have been to that might surprise the rest of us? <laughs> well. I, mean, I don't know. Did you see Wiz Khalifa the other night? Or <laughs> no. the, well, actually, the the first concert I went to um, as a teenager that I didn't sing, I just went to was a White Snake concert. Oh, see? at the arena. Nineteen eighty seven. Has that yeah. helped you decide what type of music to play? I think the... so. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's where the roots. I began. still enjoy White Snake every once in a while. <laughs> All right, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Yeah, I have no idea what White Snake is. <laughs> it's a is rock this, band. Is this, oh, it's not a string quartet. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> now, I've been to so many hundreds of concerts. Uh, you know, nothing sticks out as being, you know, totally strange. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's still time. Though, still time. There's yes, still yeah. time. <laughs> One of the best concerts I've ever experienced in the cathedral is has got to be, besides the Box Society, of course. Thank you. Thank uh, you. Is uh, Tenebrae which is a group from England that we bring over occasionally and hopefully next season. Oh, yes. Uh, but they perform yeah. by candlelight. So oh. we have the entire sanctuary filled with candles, uh, and they, they just perform beautifully. They're just an amazing group. Tenebrae, oh remember gosh, that. Oh, my gosh, how awesome. Yeah. All right, now I have individual questions. Oh, boy. All right, Dennis, are you ready? Uh, I hope I am. <laughs> well, no. So, so this, these are these are totally within your wheelhouse, but mm -hmm. and you and you have talked about Bach and some interesting things, but maybe something else that people do not know about Bach that you'd like to share that most people don't know. Your general public. Mm. Probably that he had a more difficult life than one would think. Um, with the exception of one six-year position where he really was um, applauded for his efforts, uh, most of his employers could have cared less <laughs> that he was there. And they even put obstacles in his way. And yet he still had to work very hard uh, to please them as, as much as he could. So so he had a lot of struggles in his life, uh, just like many of us have right. struggles in, in doing what we do. Uh, he fathered over 20 children. Oh, oh my uh, goodness. Ten of them died uh, well before the age of five. Uh, most of those died at uh, at birth or within the first couple of days. Oh, my gosh. So he, and he also lost his first wife. Uh, he was away on a trip with his prince. The prince knew that his wife had died, but they didn't tell Bach until he got back home and he learned that she not only had died, but already had been buried. And he had four children at that time to take care of. Um, so he, his life was surrounded by death, and he writes some pieces that really help him express those feelings of death and the afterlife, the belief in a life to come. But he wrote an incredible amount of joyful music uh, in spite of what his life was like. Wow. Wow. Thank you. See? 
Interesting. See, if you do research and you read, read hundreds of books. <laughs> let me let me get on that. <laughs> In your I'll, spare time. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll start that yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Scott. Um, so tell us something about the cathedral that people may not know. Uh, one of the one of my favorite mosaics in the cathedral is of um, it's a little grouping of some nuns, some uh, sisters of mercy, uh, and other nuns that were charged with healthcare. And they're with three children. One is an African American girl in a red dress. One is a, a boy who's in uh, a cowboy outfit with chaps and a six shooter. And one is a little girl in a white dress, and she's holding a Raggedy Andy doll. That's a mosaic. Mm, that's, that's a mosaic there? in the cathedral. Where in the cathedral is well, it? Well, we have a llama in the in the uh, mosaics of the cathedral, a canoe, there are teepees, the Statue of Liberty, a tall ship. We have a we have a kids seek and find uh, pamphlet that kids if families come in with their kids, they can use this seek and find pamphlet to look for different mosaics. I have to do this. I, you yeah. know, it's it's kind of like um, the first time that I went snorkeling, mm-hmm. and and I, and I was like. Yellowfish, bluefish. I was just like, woo! And then yeah. and then it was like, wait, stop. Don't don't just like stop for a second and just look at something. And that's mm-hmm. when you you saw, you know, the camouflaged guy that was showing up or yeah. the, you know, the little mm-hmm. octopus and that kind of thing. And so when I've gone to the cathedral, I think I'm just so like gold, beautiful, yeah. oh, it can sparkly. Be, it can be overwhelming. You know, it really, right? it really can. Yeah, but there's but, all these these Things to there are these little I nuggets love that. that you can find. Yeah, yes. I am so glad I asked that question. <laughs> do, you re- do you recall how long it took to place all of these mosaics in place? Well, they they started building the structure in 1907, and the structure was up and for the most part completed by 1914. So it took seven years to just build, and then the mo- all the marble and the mosaics were put in over the next 70 years. They were finished in 1988. Oh, gotcha! You but know? not as bad as Sagrada Familia. No, that's still going. <laughs> no. I, don't, I don't think yeah. they're ever gonna. Mm. When will right. that be finished? Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> but yeah, but it's it's it really is an amazing treasure that we have here in in St. Louis. Uh, we get over 300,000 visitors every year that come through. So uh, we're open for tours daily from after, just after the 8 o'clock mass uh, until 5 o'clock daily. And we've got tour guides that can can guide or guide you around or a self-guided pamphlet uh, to, to help you go around. But I've been singing there since I was 8. So, really? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, but I always see something new. And it's like, has that always been there? Why have mm-hmm. I not noticed that before? How fun. <laughs> yeah. And what about, you know, we, we know where to find you. What about mm-hmm. Box Society? Where Where can people learn more about you? Uh, our website is boxsociety.org. Okay, that makes and sense. A lot of it, yes, <laughs> a lot of information is right there, including program notes uh, and the whole list of the program that's coming up. Wow. This has been so fun talking to you guys. I mean, really, I love knowing about this. I'm totally excited. I feel like there's this thing out there I have yet to discover I need to go do. Uh, well, yeah. as you can tell, we love talking about music, <laughs> but it's the music that's what's really important. Right? It is. And talk to that. Why is music so important? It says the things we can't say with words or with pictures. Uh, It speaks to so many of the emotions that we might feel and need to bring back up to the surface. It connects us with the people who are sitting around us. And when experienced in a group, uh, you just feel like the whole audience is moving towards the same direction. I love it. 
And the music that we present in the cathedral, it's all sacred and classical. So uh, for thus, for us, it's to show the beauty of God's creation. You know, God allows us to create this music and it expresses the beauty that, that we hope to experience in, in another life. It's its own language. It is. Yeah. The, the first half of our concert will have music by many other composers, some a cappella, one accompanied by organ alone, some with the orchestra. We feature two of our soloists singing solos in that first half, so you get a real sampling of many t- different styles in the first half. And then after an intermission, we'll, we'll come back with the uh, Requiem by Durafle, which lasts about 39 minutes. I think I can conduct it that fast. and uh, <laughs> So it's not a terribly long concert. Okay. Okay, gotcha. Um, gotcha. We're looking at maybe an hour, 40 minutes. So that's kind of a very comfortable time for sitting. I love it. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. This Pleasure has be been here. so enlightening. I'm excited to know about what we're doing here in St. Louis. Yet another awesome thing happening mm. in the Lou. Thank you so much city. for your time today. Yes, it <laughs> yes. is. It is. And thank you for your time today. Thank you. And everyone out there, you have been listening to Mishmash. Please go to iTunes and subscribe and have a wonderful musical day.